You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Right. And it's interesting how that, um, it's not just that. Okay, so uh, Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Words of our testimony are key in spiritual warfare. The Bible says there's the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. Um, so if you read through... Okay, so let me do a backtrack. So, so we talked about our backbenchers. You have to come and sit too. Yes, come. Come and sit up. You read through. So last week we spoke about the blood of Jesus. One of the things we said was that the blood of Jesus is almost like the summary of all the awesome work that God has done for us, and how um, our forgiveness of sin is guaranteed in the blood, and how Hebrews says that so the blood has been offered once and for all, and um, so we're not sprinkling the blood. Again, because the Bible says that blood of sprinkling offered once and for all, not like the priest who in the past had to go ever so often. But the Bible says something which is very important in Hebrews 12, I think. It says that the blood of Jesus or the blood of sprinkling speaks better things. And now we spoke about how um, when we plead the blood of Jesus, we're not spreading it again around and soaking things inside the blood. But what we're doing is that we're bringing things under the coverage of the speech of the blood. So what has the blood of Jesus said concerning me? And what is it saying concerning me? And so we bring things under the coverage of the blood and what it is saying. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? And that's one of the things I'd like us to understand about the power of confession tonight. The words that we speak is that it allows us to bring circumstances, our hearts, our lives into concert, into agreement with what God is saying about us. So, God is consistently saying things about you and I. So, you know how that we're in this room now and there are radio waves going through the room. If we had a radio, you could pick the signals for... What's your favorite radio station? You're spiritual. You don't listen to radio. Ibadan FM. Okay, it is, I'm just going to focus on my teaching tonight. But if you... if you, But seriously, what's your favorite radio station? People don't have... Classic. Is that not for old people? Okay. Okay, okay so, so Classic FM has radio waves here but we can't we can't enjoy what it is they're broadcasting the blood of Jesus is constantly speaking on our behalf God is constantly speaking on our behalf and there's that which is necessary for us to engage what God is saying on our behalf into our physical reality okay um, so Proverbs says you know that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof I say 
three things, and we'll talk about how we, you know, develop confessions. Last Sunday, we then spoke about um, the battlefield of the mind, and how even though, you know, in Ephesians, Paul says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I keep trying to hear myself, you know. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but that in 2 Corinthians 10, he then says, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Why have you been hiding my voice? <laughs> so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But then he says, you know, we, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. It's a spiritual warfare. But he then explains how that the theater, where that warfare happens is in the mind, principally. Principally. Not only in the mind, but principally in, but in the mind. And he talks about us demolishing strongholds. And he talks about how do we demolish strongholds. He says we destroy arguments and pretensions. All right? And then he says we exercise mental discipline by bringing thoughts into obedience of Christ. We remember this from Sunday. Okay? And I just want to talk about how so our confessions, are the word of our testimony, are important first even in terms of dealing with the filling our minds with truth. Okay? So on Sunday we said one of the biggest forms of deliverance that anybody can encounter is an encounter with the truth. What is the truth? John 17 says the truth, thy word is truth. What God has said concerning you. And I know that um, we're slowly coming out of that mindset where when they talk about deliverance, the first thing you think about is six red candles, six white candles, and you know what you've seen on African magic and some very prophetic prophets dancing around you. Um, it was Fulusha or somebody who was talking about, oh, having that discussion about walking barefoot to the, to the bar beach. You know, just hard work. You just think of something and it, does, it can't be daytime. It has to be like in the night, around 1 a.m. when spiritual power is at its highest, as they say. But, but the truth is that the greatest form of deliverance that you can encounter is one with the truth. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I normally say that, look, come, if you find an individual who, has, uh, who the devil has successfully installed, and I use that word carefully, a wrong thought, a.k.a. a stronghold, that he, doesn't, he or she doesn't need demonic assistance become like a self-fulfilling prophecy okay it's the very software that runs the whole thing and so uh, we talked about how to identify strongholds and how to bring them down and so um, when we talk about confession the power of words um, our words constantly must echo truth in fact I say that uh, there are two voices that you must constantly be hearing in your life. One is the voice of the blood of Jesus. You must constantly be hearing it. What You must constantly be hearing it. Constantly. It is loud. And then you must be hearing your own voice. Um, in the spiritual warfare, we, we, in spiritual warfare, we cannot afford to be quiet. And one of the things that has been very heavy on my heart, this hope, is how too many of us are too quiet about our own lives. Some of us talk more about Big Brother, uh, is it Big Brother Africa? Yes. Now we talk about our lives. I'm coming there. I'm coming to you. I'm coming. 
Some of us talk more about football than we talk about our lives. And so because if you begin to understand that with your words, you can describe your life, right? You then realize that you have a responsibility to use your words deliberately. So one first place is even in terms of destroying strongholds and reconfiguring or recalibrating your heart and your mind is that when we then confess God's word, when we confess God's word, we essentially feed our hearts. Romans 10 says, how shall they call upon him if they have not believed? How can they believe if they've not heard? How can they, not, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach except they be sent? So I say to myself, look, I need to send me to myself. Right? Um, and so we use the words that we speak to renew our minds. Okay? And there is a singularity of focus that is required in warfare that you achieve by the use of confessions. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, cannot expect to achieve or receive anything from God. And that's because there's that division in his or her heart. And what you do in confession is that you begin to realign. Both what, so you say things to yourself, say them over and over again. And there's that beautiful scripture in Second Peter, uh, which Wumi likes so much. Uh, with our chief of staff here, which talks about giving keen attention to the prophetic word until, this is like, a, like you would hear the light in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. So what happens is that you begin to confess the word of God over your life. Over your life. And there are experts who would teach us how to do it. Very soon. I'm just, this is me. I'm just laying introduction. I'm going to sit down. Alright? And what happens as you begin to do that at the, at the beginning you, you would find that when you confess certain things over your life there's tension in your heart because it's not what is sitting in your heart yet but over and over and the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word there are some people who have heard if you've heard interesting things for some of you you grew up on a diet of people just telling you you're a knucklehead for some of you just told you you're too stubborn or whatever it was for some of us, the, you know, all of us have internal recording. There are internal radio stations, all of us. And I've always said, I wish there's a technology that allows us just on a day, you know the way we do God experience, just say, okay, today in is your turn. We just sit down on the chair and the thoughts of your mind just begin to project for the church to hear. Atten attendance numbers are just dwindles <laughs> gradually. Okay, but so, so, so your confession, so you, you cannot allow your internal conversation just be random. You must take authority. So when we spoke about mental discipline, so Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, he says, bringing thoughts in obedience. It's very interesting. So that's the first uh, place where our confessions are extremely important. All right? The words we speak program. So you, you'll find, I don't know if you've ever seen sportsmen as they prepare for, well, you know, um, I'm so sorry, I have to go back to football. But if you see football players about to go into an important game, a really important game, and when they come down from their team bosses, they're not just talking and yakking away. Typically, most of them have headphones on. And because what it is, is that you need to protect, they're protecting their mind and their focus. 
In fact, what it is is that most elite sportsmen or women have particular songs that they listen to as they're going to whatever they're doing. And, and so we must be very conscious about the fact that when we keep on speaking God's word over our lives, it is warfare. It is warfare. In fact, I remember reading, I think it was Acts chapter 2 uh, this last week and the Bible spoke about how on the day of Pentecost, on that time, that there was a voice, it was almost as if there was thunder in the room. And I was just saying to myself, that must have simply been the voice of the blood of Jesus, just thundering in their ears at the time. Okay, so, so there's that bit. There's that bit. And, and we'll go, so what we're going to do tonight, we've, we've uh, put us in different groups and we're going to work on creating, actually creating confessions. Because um, I've known this for a while, is that everybody must have, you must have personal confessions over different areas of your life. I used to have, in fact, I have some long ones, I have some short ones, I have things which I say continuously over my life. And, and, and I'll end up with that because what happens is that sometimes it starts almost seemingly mechanical, but then you begin to find God give you unique words and unique phrases that when you speak them over your life, people sometimes may not understand what you're saying. Anyone who listens to me knows that for the last maybe six months I've been saying this we are going to Abuja. We're going to Abuja. And people think I'm joking. <laughs> but it just happened over a while, you understand what I'm saying. And I'm serious. I've been saying and, and it's just dawned on my heart one day. Alright? Praise God. My time is almost up. Great. Um, I read two scriptures. Matthew 8, 8 to 10. Centurion said, Lord. I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And without trying to be too deep, there were two things this man understood. One was authority. Two was the use of words. And he says to Jesus, don't even bother about coming to my house. I, I can't imagine the kind of... He, there was something that he... A spiritual truth that he stumbled on. He said, because you can imagine, you know, my son, you know, come and do this healing. Come in. And then, as he's going, just hang on. You don't need to come. Just send the word. And in spiritual warfare, we need to understand that we can send words. Jesus says in John 6, that the words I speak to you are spirit and life. So words contain spiritual life. Words contain power. Words, you can describe circumstances in the future with your words. And when I say that, I know your mind goes to, oh wow, my husband will be tall, dark and handsome, rain driven and all that. But your life is bigger than your husband. Amen? Amen. I'll give you guys an example. Much younger, I remember, it's funny, and, this is, and I tell people, so you have to be careful about the words that you speak. Because I remember saying one time, oh, I can't remember, it sounded like a joke. I think I was maybe 16 or something. How? My friends, I tell her, ah, no, a car cannot hit me. If a car is going to hit me, it has to be a new car. 
has to be a new car. I know, a car. you know, it's that kind of joke. Car cannot hit me. I'll be a new car. Funny car day in Jerry. One night, I was coming back. My cousins. One night, very late at night. We didn't even see the car coming. All I knew is I was flying the air, landed. And then there was this woman who was obviously tipsy by the way she was then talking. And it was a new car. And, I, and if it had not happened to me, yeah, but then I realized that you can send words in front of you. Yeah. Of course, I stopped saying whether it was new or old. No car hits me. <laughs> in fact, I've said it. It's funny. I say sometimes, I say, Look, no, I can't. When I, I travel a bit and I say, I can't, I can't. I, don't, I can't die in a plane crash. Even if the plane crashed, I would land with my luggage just gently and nicely somewhere. I've, I say it over my life. I don't you can laugh, but I may have said it. But, you know, it's interesting how when Jesus says, I have not seen such great faith. Now, don't forget that when Scripture describes the weapons of our warfare, the armor of God, it speaks about the shield of faith. He says, how do you exercise faith? How does Jesus reckon faith? about people who understand the power of words, how authority is exhibited in words. So we're not allowed to keep quiet in this warfare. And there are too many people who are quiet. There are too many people who are quiet. It's amazing when you think about Jesus' life, how he's constantly speaking about the things that are about to happen. So what have you said or are you saying about the next two or three years of your life? What have you said about the next five years of your life? You're looking at me. It's a question. So your confessions help you to start almost. So and tonight, uh, group leaders will tell us, you know, lead us in building those conf- some confession, a particular theme. But I want us to go away from here more than just with a confession in that you've developed in your group, but with a deep desire to take out of God's word things which will fill our mouth and which will then fill our lives. I'll round up tonight by reading out of a scripture I read, I think I read it, taught it out of it here before, Acts 22, 24 to 25. So it's about Apostle Paul, one of the times when he was being harassed by, you know, uh, and persecuted. The Bible says that, so there was confusion in the city, they said, look, go and flog him. So Acts 22, we join the story in 24, says, and the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks he directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. Now, this is worrying because Paul was not the one shouting. People were shouting at him. And they're like, take him, flog him, and ask him why people are shouting at him. It's a spiritual. But, <laughs> but then, as, and I like the way the NIV, I think, puts it. It says, as they stretched him out to flog him. Because what had happened was up until now, Paul had not spoken. He had not said, guys, this is who I am and this is where I'm from. You know, but I think he had been saying, maybe this will pass, maybe this will pass. Eh, they're talking, eh, you know. But when he, Paul realized that, bro, they're now, so in those days, they weren't just flogging you. They were now stretching him. Bible says, as they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said, bros, excuse me. Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen? who hasn't even been found guilty. Scripture says that when the guy heard it, he withdrew, went to tell his supervising officer, do you know that guy is a Roman? And he started begging him, ah, sorry, now you didn't tell us. If one of the guys there said, my citizenship I paid money for. Paul says, no, I didn't pay for mine. 
and and so it has always you know intrigued me how if he had kept quiet in that situation they would have stretched him out perfectly and it's interesting because in life I can see people being stretched they are stretching you are smiling they are stretching you are quiet and you you know what in what area you are being stretched because you come to church I know this is not your real face when you come to church I know this is your church face so say how are you say as well how are you we thank God let's see if that's even an answer although that's how what I answer. that's what I answer when you ask me but my, my, my point is the ability to stand up and speak now I'm not going to go into the intrigues of should you speak at 1am or 2am when everybody the demons are sleeping should you speak at 7am facing the east should you take off all your clothes and put off the light and speak I've heard things before no that's not what <laughs> my my charge to us is that you you need to understand that there's great exercise of authority when you speak. Um, Kenneth Copeland, I think, was the one who he's he's in great health, great health, and he was saying once, and I have heard him say this a couple of times, I think, how that if himself and his wife, I think, had known, they would start, they would have started speaking about their health much earlier. So for some of us, we need to start speaking the things you want to see. You need to start speaking the things you want to see. So the voice of the blood of Jesus is speaking on your behalf. Saying Damilari's life is full of glory. Damilari is the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. That she's blessed among women. It's just speaking all sorts of things. I'm mean, just chewing gum. Just moving. Who did, they, who did they evict? I'm just this example. I know you don't watch that. Who did they evict? Ah, they evicted it. Ah, and Bori is back. See what's happening. You know, stuff like that. And the blood of Jesus is just speaking, constantly speaking. And waiting for agreement. That, ladies and gentlemen, is where one of the big places where spiritual warfare happens. The fact that there's so much vacancy in the atmosphere of our lives because we have not stood up in the name of Jesus and spoken. So they're, they're stretching people. The people are, the things are stretching us. And we're reading motivational books. Motivational books are great. Motivational books are great. Okay. So tonight, we'll do it very quickly. Um, I do have the groups. So we have five groups, eh? One, two, three. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.